Hello there, students. Miss Burnham here. I know we haven't finished uh, the Because of Mr. Terrupt book, but hopefully um, we'll be able to finish that. I've got to figure out uh, about getting another copy and then seeing if I can just read the rest of it to you. But in the meantime, I happen to have um, a book from the Dale Street Library that I never got a chance to read, and I thought this might be a good opportunity. It's called Our Castle by the Sea, and it's by Lucy Strange. And it says on the inside of the cover, Growing up in a lighthouse, 11-year-old pet's world has been one of storms, secret tunnels, and stories about sea monsters. But now the country is at war, and the clifftops are a terrifying battleground. Pet will need to muster all her bravery to uncover why her family is being torn apart. This is the story of a girl who is afraid and unnoticed. A girl who freezes with fear at the enemy planes ripping through the skies overhead. A girl who is somehow destined to become part of the strange ancient legend of the Daughters of Stone. Sounds very intriguing. Okay, so now we're going to start chapter one. Southeast coast of England, autumn 1931. I was very small indeed when Pa first told us the legend of the Wyrm and the Stones. It was Halloween and he took us out to the standing stones on the clifftop to play Snapdragon and tell ghost stories. This was my sister's Magda's idea and we were almost out of our minds with excitement when Pa agreed. I carried the bowl of brandy-soaked raisins very carefully from the cottage while Pa lit the way ahead with a lantern. Mags galloped giddily behind, drunk on the night air and fizzing with delight at being allowed out after dark. It was probably not long past supper time, but I felt that it must be midnight at least, the witching hour. The darkness danced with specters. We wrapped ourselves up in blankets and huddled together on the clifftop, the four standing stones looming around us. Paul lit the brandy in the snapdragon bowl and the flames flickered dangerously, casting shadows on our faces. I had never played the game before. My father and sister started swaying backwards and forwards, grinning and chanting together, Snip, snap, dragon. They pinched the burning raisins from the flames. I did not recognize these strange, chanting, nightmarish creatures. I was half afraid of them. I caught the rhythm of their words and joined the game, pinching at the weird blue flames and gobbling up the burning hot raisins. With his blue and lapping tongue, many of you will be stung. Snip, snap, drag him. After the game, when the flames had dwindled and our faces were lit only by the lantern, Pa told us the story of the standing stones. Long ago, long, long ago, he said, his face suddenly serious and skull-like in the lamplight. A thick fog settled on this coast. It was very bad for the fishermen and their families as they could not fish while the fog lingered. But it was even worse for the families of those aboard the Aurora. The Aurora had set out on the morning before the fog came, and she had still not returned. There were four men aboard the Aurora, and each of these men had a daughter. Each evening, the girls climbed the path from the harbor hand in hand, making their way up to this very clifftop to light the signal fire. And they kept the fire burning all through the long, cold nights. They hoped that if the aurora was still afloat, if she was lost somewhere in the fog, the bright flames would help to lead the little boat home. By the fourth evening, everyone else in the village had given up. 
They said the aurora must have been swallowed up by the worm, the treacherous sandbank that lurked in the shadow of the towering cliffs. The worm had wrecked many hundreds of ships over the centuries, and it was hungry for another sacrifice. But the girls had one last hope. That night, as usual, they wound their way up the cliff path hand in hand. As usual, they lit the fire and tended it. And they sat and watched and waited for their fathers to return. But on this night, they did not make their way home again. Here in the dark, on this very spot where we are sitting now, the girls sang a special song to the sea. They sang the sweetest, saddest song that has ever been heard. It was a song of love and loyalty and sacrifice, promising the greatest gifts if only the aurora were returned safely to the harbor. They sat and sang, and as they sang, they saw the fog begin to disperse. They kept singing and singing. Soon it was dawn, and the girls stood up together, holding hands as the darkness dissolved and the new sun started to rise over the sea. Their white dresses billowed like sails in the first breeze that had blessed the shores in four long days and nights. A ghostly little boat seemed to bob up from the gray waves, and the girls knew it was the aurora. They kept singing, but singing with joy now as they watched the fishing boat sail towards the harbor below. The worm squirmed beneath the surface of the water. It had returned the aurora, but now it felt angry and cheated and hungry. So it now took the great sacrifice the girls had promised. It took their souls. Tentacles of mist reached up from the sea, creeping over the edge of the cliff and into their hearts. As the sun rose over the glittering water, the four daughters turned to stone. I shivered horribly. I felt all icy and strange. I looked at Mags and she was frozen, her mouth hanging open. For a moment, I thought perhaps she had been turned to stone too. But then she blinked and swallowed. Pa was still talking, though his voice was very, very soft now, just a whisper. People say that the daughters of stone stand here on her clifftop as a warning to those who sail these dangerous waters. If you close your eyes and listen very carefully, you might just be able to hear their sad, sweet, ghostly song. A sea mist must have risen as Pa was telling the story. Tendrils of it seemed to be creeping across the cliff. I was aware of the four stones surrounding us, watching us. I could almost hear them breathing. My heart was thudding in my throat now. I heard a whispered song, as soft as the hiss of sea foam over pebbles, the swish of a sea breeze through a long white dress. For my father and sister, the legend of the worm and the stones was just that, a legend, distant through the mists of centuries. But for me, it was different. From the moment I first heard the story, I knew it was much, much more. I knew it in the chill of my bone marrow and the crawling of my skin. I knew that the ancient magic of our cliffs was real and present and that I was destined somehow to become part of that legend too. Well, that ends the first chapter of our Castle by the Sea. I hope you are enjoying it so far. Um, and we will read, I will read chapter two tomorrow. Looking forward to seeing you all tomorrow on our Zoom session. Take care, everybody. Miss Burnham out.